on the block on demand this is on the block with brent axe you heard the voice man you're on the block espn radio football friday it's presented by fusillo automotive yeah we're here on a friday haven't been here for the past few weeks Bunch of things happening, games on, and holidays happening, and pregame shows to do, but we're here today. Great to be back. We'll do the NFL Blitz coming up. We'll do the pick six coming up. Certainly Syracuse, uh, Cornell on everybody's mind today. I think you'd like to see the offensive flow continue, the uh, aggressiveness on defense. I mean, Cornell is not Ohio State. You're not on national television tomorrow like you were on Wednesday night, they are on ESPNU, which explains the funky start time. Why are they playing at 8 o'clock? The answer is always television. So uh, the best news about 8 o'clock is it's not 9 o'clock, and I know it's a Saturday night, but you know a lot of people are like, why is it 8 o'clock? That's kind of a weird start time. They're usually 7 o'clock on Saturday nights, but there you go, whatever. It's worth it. We needed an extra hour of hype for the Bayheim versus Bayheim matchup. Yeah, my joke fell flat on that, right? It was kind of funny, right? Like, just, just maybe just a, just a little bit? Just, it, no, it wasn't, no. All right, well, you know, I tried. I tried. I tried. Here's what I'm going to try right now. I'm going to make my plea to the Camping World Bowl people on why they should take Syracuse. Now, I can tell you a number of things about this team and why they'd be a better choice. It's common sense to me. Okay, here's here's something that's not even in my top five. NC State's just not interesting to me. Could they bring more fans to Orlando than Syracuse? It is an eight-hour drive from Raleigh to Orlando. I kind of get that part of it. It's not that they don't have fans out there that wouldn't go. If the most important thing to the Camping World Bowl and their 200-person committee is to sell tickets, I think NC State's got us there. I do, even with all the reasons I'm going to lay out here momentarily. But if you take the whole package of what Syracuse brings, I think they are a better choice. Now, if East Carolina could go out and beat NC State this weekend, that'd be nice, but I don't see that happening. East Carolina's 3-8. and They just fired their coach this week. They're kind of a a grease fire right now. They're not beating NC State. But NC State, to me, people point at Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley is a socially awkward dude. He doesn't do a lot of media. When you go to bowl games, like you want to put the players out there, and he'll do the public appearances. It's not like he's you know going to bag out of it, but at least you've got a more media-friendly team in Syracuse that has great stories. Every team's got great stories, right? But you've got Dungy, the comeback story, the video game numbers that he puts up. Finley's a great quarterback. That guy's going to go in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, but... Syracuse just adds a lot more to it. I think Dino Babers is a you know more engaging personality than Dave Doran is, and I mean I can lay out the reasons for you here, but here are you know it, it just sounds better when you have a voice guy backing you up, right? So here we go. Number five, motivated fans. This is a motivated fan base that is hungry for not only a bowl experience because they haven't had one in five years, but a new bowl experience. Orlando sounds nice, but it's not just the game itself. It is the experience, okay? You can try and sell me on El Paso, Texas all you want. 
Orlando is a better destination. A lot of people have time off that time of the year. There's a little theme park nearby with a mouse, I've heard. Another one with Harry Potter, right? You're not in the beach in Orlando, but certainly drivable if you want to go to the beach not too far on either the west or the east side of the state. It's Florida, right? You have a motivated fan base that not would only would come from here, but would come from a lot of different points around the country because that would be the meeting point. They'd have plenty of time to plan it and get ready for it. You know, they do jack up the rates a little bit around that time of the year, Christmas time, and a lot of people do go to Disney that time of the year and do go to Florida that time of the year. Okay, whatever. You've got a motivated fan base that will forget about that, that will actually, you know, probably buy a bowl package for Christmas and, and want to be there. And, again, I'm not just talking about people that are within the sound of my voice right now in Onondaga County. I'm talking about people from all over the country that will say, hey, let's go. We haven't been to one of these things in a few years, and it's not a pinstripe bowl. Number four. They're high scoring. This is a team that you put on the field for the fans that go from Syracuse or Syracuse-related, whatever the opponent is, people that just show up randomly, the viewers on television that tune in, Syracuse averages 44 points a game. You want a team that will entertain you, especially in this high-scoring era that we're in, in both college football and the NFL. Well, you're not getting three yards in a cloud of dust here. You're not getting a team power football. You're not getting Jim Harbaugh while Michigan's a brand and you know they, any bull would happily take them. Watching Michigan football is actually not that interesting. Syracuse is interesting. And that brings me to my next point. Number three. This is a more intriguing matchup with Syracuse involved than if it was NC State, Iowa State, or NC State, West Virginia. Not that NC State can't score. Not that Ryan Finley couldn't do it with Will Greer. He could. But you put Syracuse and West Virginia on the field together, I mean, that record that Texas A&M and LSU just set in six overtimes could be in danger. High-scoring game that, you know, a rant. remember, bowl games do get ratings. People watch them for all the mocking of, you know, you get a bowl game with a free fill-up at Sunoco, right? Everybody goes to a bowl game. Well, listen, for all the, why do you think there are so many bowl games? Because people watch them. ESPN has created programming. You know, what ESPN does, it sounds simple, but what ESPN does with sporting events and with other things like, you know, Stephen A. Smith yelling at people in the morning, is they create programming. Bowl games are great programming for a time of the year when they need live sports programming. So if I'm just random football fan tuning around around that time, and now it, the camping world of bowls when it really starts to hit its groove, right? Because, like, you get some bowls on the 18th and the 19th and the 20th, and there's, like, one per night. It's like the Motor City Bowl. There's, like, Mac teams playing in it. It's like, okay, whatever. I'll watch it. It's, it's background. But once you get into late December, now you're talking, like, two, three a day. So if you're going to grab somebody who's just random ESPN viewer, what bowl game am I going to watch today? And they tune in, and it's 28-21 in the second quarter. Like, whoa, I'm watching that. So you need to grab Syracuse for that. Where did I leave off? Where are we? We did that, we did that, we did that. Ah, here we are. Number two. I kind of touched on this, but there are fans all over. I think when you think of Syracuse, it's not just people like us that are sitting around here in Onondaga County. There is a brand of Syracuse fans everywhere. People that went to Syracuse University that work in all sorts of fields 
in the world out there. I think it's most noted for its media contingent, but there's all sorts of SU alums across the country in different pockets of the country that would love to get to a very accessible point in Orlando. There's a lot of snowbirds, a lot of people that had to move down south. You want to talk about an eight-hour drive, a four-hour drive, an accessible drive? There's a lot of people with central New York roots or northeast roots that could get to that game because they had to move there for work. It's an unfortunate reality, and I think central New York is coming back in a lot of ways, and you know, it's a whole different show for a different day, but there's fans all over. Don't just think of it as you know some people coming from Syracuse to Orlando. Think of Syracuse fans, Orange Nation, if you will coming from a lot of different places. Number one. Did I mention we want to go to Florida in December? Don't underestimate my desire for vitamin D camping world bowl, people. Do not underestimate it. So I don't know if it's going to make a difference. And as I brought up earlier, I think we're kind of in this mind frame, and I can't speak for everybody, of course, but we want the camping world bowl. We'll take the pinstripe bowl. I don't want the sun. Okay, you want Orlando, you'll take New York. I don't want El Paso. That, to me, is the least desirous location. I didn't get anybody calling me this week or any pitches or any outside people saying, I'll tell you what, man, El Paso, you ever been there? Oh, man. And I I don't mean this to be a mockery of El Paso. I don't. It's just given the options that are out there, and, you know, maybe the Music City Bowl is some kind of wild card I should be thinking about here. I don't think so. I think it's come down to those three, but... We'll find out Sunday, and when we do find out, we're going to talk about it right here. Oh, we're not waiting until Monday. Uh Uh-uh, we're coming on the air Sunday night. It is our Syracuse Bowl preview show. It's presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. Sunday night, 6 o'clock, right here on ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1. Not only will you hear from Seth Goldberg, Paulie Sibilia, I think I'm going to hop on for a little bit. You'll hear from Dino Babers and the Syracuse players and get your first look at Syracuse's opponent, which we hope is West Virginia in the Camping World Bowl, because you'd be really smart to schedule Syracuse and West Virginia in the Camping World Bowl. But we'll see. Whatever it is, be the first to react and find out about it and discuss it right here on our Syracuse Bowl preview show. It is Sunday night. It is presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Haven't done this for a while. A little rusty. See if I can get back into it. The NFL Blitz is next. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. It is presented by Chocolate Pizza Company. Chocolate Pizza, Chocolate Pizza. Can't say enough. Great gift this holiday season. And I know you hear that a lot, but it really is. Like, who doesn't want to get something from the Chocolate Pizza Company? All their amazing chocolate creations. Fantastic. Well, let's get to it, Shelly. I haven't done this for the past few weeks, so uh, maybe we should stretch a little bit, crack the knuckles. Warm up the vocal cords. Me, 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 me. Okay, here we go. Week 13, kids. You ready? It's time for the NFL Blitz. And we start in Atlanta where Baltimore visits the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, This is a game where Atlanta is favored by one and a half points with the over-under at 48. Ravens are 6-5. They're 5-6 against the spread this season. Atlanta is 4-7. Not much better against the spread. They are 3-8. These two last played four years ago, a 29-7 win by the Ravens. Baltimore, first in the league in total defense. They're allowing just under 300 yards per game, second in pass defense. Atlanta is fourth in pass offense. So which 
will play out there. The big storyline, of course, is Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, who plays. Even if Flacco plays, does Lamar Jackson still get in? They'd be smart to do so. Uh, Flacco and James Hurst are listed as doubtful. Josh Harris, Calvin Ridley are questionable in this game as well. Denver is at Cincinnati. It's 61 and sunny in Cincinnati. Wow. Good weather for Cincinnati this time of the year, right? Uh, Broncos minus five and a half. The over/under is forty-five. Denver's five and six overall. They're five, five and one against the spread. Big win over the Steelers last week. Cincinnati is five and six. Same record against the spread, by the way. Denver four of their last five games are against teams with losing records. Could the Broncos start what seemed like an improbable run towards the playoffs against the Bengals here? Cincinnati has failed to score over 21 points the entire month of November. Brandon Marshall, Emmanuel Sanders, Tremaine Brock are questionable. A.J. Green is coming back from injury. Josh Malone and Tony McRae are out of this game. The Los Angeles Rams visit the Detroit Lions. Rams are favored by 10. The over-under is 55.5. Rams 10-1. They're 4-6-1 against the spread this year. and 10's a big number for a team that doesn't cover that much. They're coming off a bye week. Detroit's four and seven. Decent record against the spread this year, six and five. They last played these two teams two years ago. A Detroit win, by the way, 31-28. But that was before the Rams started scoring at least 30 points in all but two games this season. Detroit has lost four of its last five games. Karrion Johnson is doubtful. Michael Roberts, Bruce Ellington, Brandon Powell, questionable for Detroit. Arizona's at Green Bay Lambeau Field, 36 degrees. There is snow in the forecast. Green Bay, it's a big number for a team that's been struggling, although it is Arizona they're playing. Minus 14. The over-under set at just 44 in this game. Arizona, they're bad. They're 2-9, and but they are 5-5-1 against the spread, so they got that going for them, which is nice. Green Bay, exact same records. They're 4-6-1 overall and against the spread this season. Arizona's offense has just been abysmal. 230 yards a game, scoring just 14 points per game. They do have the fourth-best pass defense in the NFL. Green Bay has Arizona, Atlanta, at Chicago, at the Jets, Detroit. Left on their schedule. They have to win out if they're going to have a shot at the postseason and perhaps a shot to save Mike McCarthy's job in Green Bay. Buchanan Williams, a Buda Baker out. Rudy Ford is questionable. Trey Carson is out. Trevor Davis is out. Randall Cobb is questionable in this game. Your Buffalo Bills visit Hard Rock Stadium to take on Miami. 85 and sunny forecast for this game. Bills happy to get out of Buffalo for that one. Uh, the Fisher minus three and a half. The over-under set at just 40. Buffalo is four and seven. They are five and six against the spread. Coming off that three-point win over Jacksonville. Last week, Miami is 5-6. They're 6-5 against the spread. Close loss to Indianapolis last week. Buffalo won both in this series last year. Josh Allen, his numbers were not that impressive. 8 of 19 for 160 yards and a touchdown, but a running threat last week. Will that carry over this week? He had just over 100 yards rushing last week against Jacksonville. Miami's 29th in total defense. They're giving up near 400 yards a game. Uh, John Miller is out for the Bills. Charles Clay is questionable. Danny Amendola, Travis Swanson are doubtful. Devontae Parker and Travis Swanson, uh, let's see, questionable in this game. Chicago at the Giants. 
Oh, my, Eli Manning. Run for your life. 61 and rainy are the forecast for MetLife Stadium. Chicago's minus four. The over-under is 44.5. The Bears are both eight and three overall, and they've been a good play for entertainment purposes only against the spread this year. They are eight and three in that department as well. They're coming off their win over Detroit. The Giants are three and eight. They're five, five and one against the spread. The Giants are one and four at home this season as well. Coming off that three-point loss to Philly. They last played two years ago, win by the Giants, 22-16. to 16. Khalil Mack. They took it off the board in Vegas that Khalil Mack will get a strip sack of Eli Manning in this game. Took it off the board in Vegas. Okay, I just totally made that up, but who would be surprised to hear if, in fact, that was the case? No, I'm sorry, you can't bet on that anymore because that's surely going to happen. Here's Odell Beckham Jr. on this matchup, particularly with a guy like Khadi- uh, Khalil Mack, pardon me, Lumen. Get open fast. Um, I mean, he's as advertised. He's He was worth every penny. Um, he's a force. Run, pass, while he's sitting on the bench, like he's a problem. Mitchell, don't call him Mitch Trubisky, is doubtful for this game. Akeem Nix is questionable. Lorenzo Carter's questionable. Evan Ingram and B.J. Goodson are out of this game. Carolina's at Tampa Bay. Be 85 and sunny at Raymond James Stadium. There's not enough bad weather in the forecast this week. Come on, man. This is when we start to see some bad weather games in the NFL. Carolina's minus three and a half. The over-under is 54 and a half. Big number there. Uh, Carolina is six and five this season. They're just one and four on the road. They're five and six against the spread. Tampa Bay's four and seven. They're four, six, and one against the spread so far uh, for Carolina. Christian McCaffrey became the first Panthers player ever with 100 yards rushing and receiving in a game last week. Sounds good when you're facing a defense that's 31st in the NFL in points allowed. 30 points per game. Justin Evans, Brent Grimes questionable. Deshaun Jackson is out of this game. Indianapolis at Jacksonville, 82 and partly cloudy at TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville for this one. The Colts are minus four. The over-under is 47. The Colts, six and five. Could be making a playoff run here. Five, five, and one against the spread. Jacksonville's three and eight. They have a weird number against uh, the number. Weird record. Three, six, and two against the spread this season. Indianapolis beat Jacksonville 29-26 just a couple weeks ago at Indianapolis for the Colts. Five-game winning streak. They're seventh in the AFC playoff picture. Andrew Luck is completing 68% of his passes, 32 touchdowns, 11 picks, over 3,100 yards this season. Jacksonville has just been in a free fall since starting 3-0. They're on a seven-game losing streak. They're third in the NFL in pass defense, however, so we'll see if that helps them against a resurgent Andrew Luck. Marlon Mack, Darius Leonard, Ryan Hewitt are questionable. Ty Hilton is going to play in this game. Jalen Ramsey, trash. Cody Davis, questionable. Cleveland's at Houston. The Texans, winners of eight in a row, are minus five and a half. The over-under is 47. How about your Cleveland Browns, kids? Four, six, and one. They're seven and four against the spread. Houston, as we know, has won eight straight. Could go eight and three. They're just five and six against the spread this season. Baker Mayfield, 74% completion percentage, 770 yards, nine touchdowns, and a pick. With a 129.5 QBR in November. He has been hot as of late, but will J.J. Watt get to him? He is second in sacks right now at 11.5. Austin Corbett is out. 
J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, and Zach Fulton are listed as questionable. The Jets at Tennessee, 69 and sunny in Nashville for this game. The Titans are minus 8 with an over-under of 40 and a half. The Jets are both 3-8 and eight against the spread, and overall they're 1-4 and four on the road this season. Tennessee is 5-6. and six. They do have a good home record, 3-1, and 6-5 and five against the spread. The Jets have lost five in a row. They have failed to score over 17 points in any of those games. Second-year safety Jamal Adams does have a message, though, for those fans during this tough stretch for the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. So just, just stick in there with us, man. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. Um, do I know when? Do I know the timetable? No. But all I can do is just continue to do my part um, as a leader on this football team and, you know, a player on this team is just do my job and continue to, you know, help those around me get better. For a team that's not scoring and for a team where Todd Bowles won't commit to who his quarterback's going to be, you don't want to hear this number. Tennessee is sixth in the NFL in points allowed, just 20 points per game. Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson are questionable. Marcus Mays out. Will Compton, Malcolm Butler will play in this game. I'm sorry, Compton is questionable. Butler will play in this game. Kansas City is at Oakland. The Kareem Hunt situation is developing in Kansas City, so that could certainly affect this game. Oakland is wow, plus 15 with an over-under of 55 and a half in this one. Kansas City's 9-2. Overall, they're 4-2 on the road. They're 8-2-1 against the spread. They're coming off a bye. Oakland's 2-9, 3-8 against the spread. Kansas City, as you know, leading the NFL in scoring. Just how much? 37 points per game. That's how much. Oakland is 30th in the NFL in points allowed per game. 17. Are they allowed 29.7 points per game? Pardon me. They only score 17 points per game. Eric Berry's questionable. Sammy Watkins is out. Look, Kareem Hunt's not playing in this game. I haven't seen anything official as of this moment. He's not playing in this game. There's no way he plays after that video got out today of what he did. So how that affects the Chiefs mentally on the field, everything we shall see. Elsewhere, Eric Berry's questionable. Sammy Watkins is out. Martavius Bryant is out. Hudson Hurst and Worley listed as questionable for Oakland. Minnesota at New England, one of the better games of the weekend. There is rain in the forecast at Gillette Stadium. The Pats are minus five. The over-under is 49 and a half. Minnesota, 6-4 and one, both overall and against the spread, coming off that win over Green Bay. New England is 8-3. They are 5-0 and at home. They're 7-4 and against the spread. Minnesota is fifth in the NFL in rush defense. New England, Sony Michelle coming on. 21 carries, 133 rushing yards, and a touchdown last week. Stephon Diggs, Xavier Rhodes, questionable for this game. David Morgan out. Adam Thielen has been cleared to play. Tom Brady's always listed as questionable on the injury report, it seems, but he is listed as questionable along with Rob Gronkowski, Dwayne Allen, and Nate Ebner. San Francisco at Seattle, 46 partly cloudy at CenturyLink Field. Seahawks minus 10 in this one. Over-under is 46. San Francisco, 2-9. They're 0-6 on the road. They're 3-8 against the spread. Seattle is 6-5. 2-2 mark at home. They're 6-3-2 against the spread. That's a team you often want to stay away from. I don't know if they can cover that 10 either. Uh, For Seattle, Russell Wilson's been killing it. 66% completion percentage. 25 touchdowns. Just 5 interceptions. This season had 339 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks in the comeback win over the Niners last year. DJ Reed, Marquise Goodwin, Pierre Gosson, Matt Breida listed as questionable. Steven Doug Baldwin, 
Listen to this questionable. K.J. Wright is out of this game. Biggest game in the NFL this weekend, the Chargers at the Steelers. Heinz Field, 60 degrees and sunny at Heinz Field. That's not Heinz Field December weather. Get out of here with that. Pittsburgh's minus 3.5. The over-under is 52. The Chargers are 8-3 and three overall. They're 4-1 and one on the road. That's an impressive road record. They're 6-5 and five against the spread, though. Pittsburgh, 7-3-1. and 3-2 at home this year. They're 6-4-1 against the spread. For the Chargers, Phillip Rivers opened last week with 25 consecutive completions. He finished 28 of 29 for 259 yards and three touchdowns. Ben Roethlisberger had a tougher week. He threw a pick in the end zone with just over a minute to go. He did finish the game with 462 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Steelers have a pretty good record as of late coming off a loss. With Roethlisberger at quarterback, 5-0. Melvin Gordon is out for the Chargers. Eli Rogers is out. Marquise Gilbert, Bud Dupree, Morgan Burnett, and B.J. Finney are questionable for the Steelers. As the NFL blitz. We have gone over all the games. We will pick some of them along with some of your conference championship games. We do the pick six coming up. Final thoughts on Syracuse's bowl situation and SU Cornell still to come. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.